All right, this is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge number two, and I'm here speaking with Bob and John Bethel. I'm going to start out with you, Bob. You guys, give me your full name, the name of your home, Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. I am Bob Bethel. Um, I am the current sitting master at Scottsdale Masonic Lodge number 43, um, and this is the year 2016. Um, I forgot. We'll go, let's just go to John. John, you tell My me. My name is Jonathan Martin Bethel. I am the current sitting chaplain at Scottsdale Masonic Lodge Number Forty Three, which is my home lodge. And I, in the past, was the master of the ritual degree team for the sideliners. Okay. And one of the things I forgot to say is I call this. I always call this series on the level because I interview everybody from. I've interviewed guys who become an entered apprentice the day after. I've interviewed master masons the evening they were raised. I've interviewed. Uh, sitting masters, past masters, uh, past grandmasters. So one of the things I always think is neat about masonry is the, that concept that we meet on the level and everybody, you know, uh, is on the same level. So the other thing I like to ask is, do you remember when you first heard of this thing called masonry? You know, when, how old were you? Is, is there a specific memory connected to that? Okay, so my dad was a mason and he was also a shriner. And so um, I knew about his Shriner side because he went to Shrine Circuses and knew about all, all those kinds of things. Um, but that was back in the day when you, weren't, you had to ask three times to become a Mason, and I didn't. And he, didn't, he couldn't, he couldn't in, introduce me to it. So uh, it was kind of unfortunate um, that it wasn't until later in life that I became interested in Masonry. Was, was he uh, a Mason when you joined? Or you, was he still around him anyway? No. Oh, he he, he died um, probably 12 years earlier. Before you came a Mason. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. Um, I was big into Boy Scouts. You either did Team Way or you did Boy Scouts. Right, I was and in Boy Scouts too, yeah. So I became an, an Eagle Scout. All three of my sons became Eagle oh, Scouts. Me too. Nice. So um, that's something that we shared in common with all three of the boys. Um, but in this modern age of uh, being able to work from home and have your work sites across different states, I'm one of those people. I never go into my car to go to work. I get on the computer and on the phone, and I work with people in New Jersey, Texas, California, um, Canada, Mexico, and we have meetings. The bad thing about that is you don't have after-work socialization. You don't have water cooler discussions. Um, you miss out an awful lot on things, and, and I was recognizing that um, I didn't have male, male friends. They, all my friends were my wife's friends. And so I said, um, what was being in my dad? Well, I met, remember my dad always had really good friends from the Shrine and from the Masons, and so I said, I want to become a Mason and expand it uh, from that. So that was, that was my impetus for becoming a Mason, was I wanted to expand my male friends. Um, so, so going back to Jonathan, you were raised later than your father, so it wasn't really in the day and age of you have to ask three times. Do you remember when you first heard of or found out about masonry? Uh, yeah, my, I was living with my dad at the time when he became a mason, and I saw him going to all of his events. Uh, he became a Shriner really quickly, and so we were getting invited to lots of the Shrine events. Everyone at the Shrine was always so kind and helpful, and every single one of the guys at the Shrine, upon seeing me, would always ask, 
are you going to become a Shriner? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not even missing it. Well, are you going to become a Mason? <laughs> you're like, you're no longer, was, you have to ask three times. That's gone. It was funny because it was kind of the exact opposite of the experience my dad had right. where everyone was asking when I would become a Mason. Not if I wanted to become one, but when. And Because uh, <laughs> they saw my family attending all the events. Right, and right. so they actually knew me fairly well at that point. So what was so the draw for your dad was you know they're missing that connection. He recognized that he was missing that connection from people because he's working from home and he's a little disconnected. What about you? What was the draw for you? So there was two major draws for me. Uh, one of the one of the big things for me was spending more time with my dad. Um, I, I'm out of the, out of my brothers and I. I'm the most like my dad. We we share a lot of similar aspects physically and uh, mentally, and. So we've always connected, but we kind of didn't have a whole lot to do other than watch TV shows with each other. Uh, Masonry is way better than that. <laughs> Masonry has given us the ability and opportunity to to be on a completely different level with each other. We have discussions all the time about different topics, and it just it goes on and on and on. Um, I said there was a second thing, and that's specifically what got me to jump over that hurdle and decide that, yes, masonry was something I wanted to do with my life. And that was when my dad invited us to watch the Scottish Rite players perform The Rose on the Altar. Mm -hmm. uh, when I watched that play, I was so moved at the friendship and the fraternity that was displayed in that that I knew that was something that I wanted to do. So how old were you at that time? 28. 28. And did you join pretty soon thereafter? I filed my petition that night. That night? <laughs> so, and uh, I, I, had obviously, I had obviously known a bunch of Masons for quite a while at that point. My dad was my top-line signer, and his good friend, Merle Anderson, was my second-line signer. And where were you raised? Here at Scottsdale? Here at Scottsdale. And I think that's probably a story my dad would like to tell. And, well, how, and how long have you been a Mason? I've been a Mason now for three years. Three years, yeah. Okay, so three years. And I didn't ask you, Bob, so were you raised here at Scottsdale? Yes, I was. And how long ago? Six years. Six years, okay. So tell me the story he's talking about. Um, so by the time that um, he was interested, I had started up the line, and I was in the senior steward uh, spot. They had just started up a lodge over at Hunter's Paradise. Right. Okay. Um, and I was a senior steward there as well. Um, so Jonathan said that he wanted to become a mason. I said, oh, fantastic. Um, I'm going to learn how to open, close, and obligate for you. Um, uh, and, you know, first I said I'd, I'd learn the obligation. So I said I'd obligate him. And then I went on and did uh, open and closing. And then we came to the point of um, doing the catechism. And well, I think I said required, just be careful what we do say here because this is open to the public. So, <laughs> my um, Scottsdale Lodge does not do catechism. Okay. Okay. It's very rare. My son wanted to do it because that's what his grandfather. That's the way that they had to do it. Right. So I learned catechism with him, and we we performed it in open lodge. In open lodge. Cool. Then we went through the second degree. I I learned first, second, you know, open, close, and obligate. Uh, um, and stuff. Did the catechism again. Um, then we went. So you're doing all his degrees. I did the, ma the master mason degree as well, and I did the lecture for him. Wow. Okay. I did the ballot box for him. Um, so that was all in the same night. Um, I had learned all that, and then we followed that up with the the third degree catechism. Um, and at that year, we had just gotten our. Um, um, 
our charter over at Hunter's Paradise. Well, the, the senior warden and the junior warden at the time didn't want to go up into the master's position. It was a brand new lodge. They had gone in there as, as pedestal officers to get it chartered. Right. They weren't interested in becoming the master. Holy cow. So we were without a master. I said, well, I just went through, did Jonathan's open close obligate for all three degrees and a lecture. I am master qualified. So I moved from senior steward to master. <laughs> the first full year of that lodge's... Uh, you I, were the first worshipful master. Well, the after first the full chair, year. The yeah, first the, full year. Yeah. Oh, um, I didn't know that. And that year we actually happened to have 14 masons that we raised plus the ones that we brought in from the outside. And so Hunter's, Little Hunter's Paradise had the most master masons raised that year. Oh, wow. Um, we had Grand Lodge people coming in left and right wondering what's going on because it was the lodge that was associated with the shrine. Right. And they had always associated the shrine as guys that aren't interested in masonry. So what's going on with this lodge that's above the shrine that they're coming in and making all these, these masons and, and doing it good? And so we had a lot of purple uh, that showed up every single time just to <laughs> check us out and what was going on. Since that time, I moved up the line here, um, and um, now you can see I'm, I'm Worshipful Master after six years of joining uh, Scottsdale Lodge. And basically, what was it, four years from when I was uh, um, in the senior steward over there. So I was senior steward, learned it for his stuff, so he's been around for three years. But now, you know, I'm up in the East um, uh, four years later after that. So can you tell me, so you, you've been, I'm sorry, what did you say? How many years have you been in Masonry? Six. Six years, okay. So in that six-year time frame, is there an interesting story? I mean, the, the story of the two of you and you coming up the line, Jonathan, with him, is, or you coming up and doing the degrees with him obligating is pretty cool. I know that for our worshipful master, Miles Tom Mish, when he got to do that for his son, it was a very special moment. But can you think of something else, an, an interesting or funny story or anything you want to share about the time so far that you've been in six years? Well, in particular, on the third degree, mm -hmm. when I was raised, um, my family is really into Star Wars. <laughs> and so, really, um, I love it. Really, okay. So here at Scottsdale, we have Carlos Rauch, which uh, is our organist, and he, right. he plays music wonderfully. He'd never played a single piece of Star Wars music in his life. My dad, gave him, my dad gave him sheet music to play some of the Star Wars songs during the degree. And so he was playing like the Cantina song and Leia's theme and the Imperial March and other things like that. Cool. For your degree. For my, For my degree. degree. That's degree. cool. So in particular, not, not many people know the song Leia's theme. Right. I don't think I could pick it out right now. I don't know what it is. But it was but when he was geek. coming in blindfolded and doing his circumambulation is when that came on. And this great big smile came across his face. He, he, he immediately recognized it, and <laughs> that's so cool. To close out the to close out the evening, I played Star Wars on my trumpet, the Imperial March, um, the you know the, the general theme that you guys oh, know man, you Star got, Wars theme. I wish you you can't record it. I wish you would record it. That's pretty cool. And the last thing he said to me in open lodge was. Brother, I am your father. <laughs> Brother, I am your father. That's got to be the first time anybody's ever said that. Brother, I am your father. Now, I don't know if you know this. Have you ever been to Prometheus lunch? Oh, yeah. You know they have Yoda in the East there, right? They have this, well, when they, when they were chartering their lodge, they needed a, um, 
what do you call it? Mascot. And their mascot was Yoda. And then when the, after they got done, they built the, their pedestals out of acrylic and ended up putting Yoda in the bottom of the pedestal. So Yoda sits in the east in their pedestal. That's pretty cool. Get a picture of it. So it, that's pretty cool. There's not too many people that have uh, such a close, familiar relationship uh, in masonry. That makes it all that much more special. Jonathan, let me go back to you. Tell me about, so is there any other memories? You've been in masonry now three, you said three years? Three years. What... Tell me about any any friendships you've made or any stories or any interesting visitations or anything you've had. So I mentioned earlier that I was the master uh, during my first year uh, for the ritual sideline degree team. Uh, what that entailed was me opening, closing, and obligating. I was sitting in the east, and every single Your chair, first year. my first year, wow. every single chair was filled by another <clears throat> first-year mason in our lodge. I was I was uh, degree. Wow. I was spearheading that team with the assistance of the worshipful, ma the active worshipful master at the time. It was taking a lot of practice. Uh, yeah, we used the entire time we were dark in our summer months to practice. There you go. That's good, <laughs> use, that's good use of a couple of dark months. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. it worked out really well. We ended up obligating a real live candidate. What's your first year Masons? Yeah. Wow. That was it. Was amazing. Even the lecture was performed by a first year Mason. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever? Uh, visited lodges together. Oh, yeah. Lots, yeah, yeah. We we thoroughly enjoy visiting other lodges, especially out of state lodges. And just we 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 know the ritual fairly well. So when we visit an out of state lodge, we we pick up on the differences. Right. Uh, and it's always entertaining to us to see the differences, especially like when we went to go visit Wisconsin. Uh, we happened to be there for one of their stated meetings, and we got to see so many differences in the way they perform ritual. And the funny thing is. When they have first-time visitors come to their lodge, they actually ask them, what did you guys notice was different? I, I've even noticed differences, I won't say what, between how we do things at number two and how you guys do things at number four to three tonight. We just did a third-degree Tuesday night, so it was kind of cool for me to come and see a third-degree Thursday night when I'm just a couple of days away from it. It was, it was cool to see the differences. Um, one of the things, one of the questions I like to ask is, uh, you touched on one of the big things, which is brotherhood. One of the reasons why people join is that brotherhood, they're missing that connection. The other recurring theme I always hear from people is people join because they recognize that they like that cliche, we take good men and make them better, and they feel uh, a draw to that. Do you feel like masonry has made you a better man? This is for Bob. Um, absolutely. Um, there's no question about it. Um, there's, there's probably something esoteric about the, uh, how I, I, I approach the good men become better. Um, and that is that I believe that a Masonic Lodge is built up of brothers. Brothers fight. <laughs> and this is not necessarily a bad thing. If you have a brother, you know this is true. I have a brother, I love him, but we fight. Yeah. And um, after you fight, you make up, and you're right. still brothers. Right. So the opportunity of using that as a concept and saying, are there things that I need to work out in my life that I can completely divorce from work or from family and work those out in a situation where I can work with my brother on something? Wow, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. So that's how I... There's some people in Lodge that I had issues with, and I realized that those those issues were things that I had to fix in my own life because that was just, I was projecting onto them. And once I recognized that that was something that I needed to fix in my own life, then I used that to my advantage. 
Okay, and we worked it out and things like that, and came up with uh, situations. So yeah, I loved it. What about what about you, Jonathan? So mine has more been about personal growth. I prior to being a Mason, I would never get up and do public speaking or even talk in front of a whole lot of people. Just not my cup of tea. I would never in a million years do that. The master of the lodge, when I was raised, uh, asked me to learn the first degree charge. That was the first piece of Masonic ritual I learned. And then he had me perform it when, when I felt I was ready. And just the reactions I got from that built up my confidence to the point that he asked me then to be the master for the ritual degree team uh, for the sideliner. Oh, wow. So it was a good natural progression for you learning to to take that initiative and take on projects. Additionally, I was the first person in, I was told, 15 years to perform the catechism in Open Lodge at Scottsdale. Wow. All three. All three catechisms. Yeah. Uh, And as you know, as part of the catechism, you do a lot of stuff that essentially does make you qualified to sit in the east. Exactly. Uh, I'm I'm glad I did it because, yeah, right, it teaches you everything else you need later. Right. So I happened to go through all three of those. So it, it made me even that much more comfortable at it. And again, those were all performed in Open Lodge. I got so much praise and congratulations from it that it entirely boosted my confidence. So do you go to Hunter's Paradise now at all? Uh, yeah, I'm actually the junior warden over oh. at Hunter's Paradise. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm currently senior warden qualified, and I'm working okay. on my first degree lecture. So you're in the line there. So you're following your father's footsteps there. With, with you know, God willing, you could end up in the East there in a few years uh, at, at Hunter's Paradise. That's kind of neat. And then you're here at Scottsdale, and who knows if that could happen as well. well he was junior deacon, but he decided not to go through this line. But I wanted him to be in the east with me. I should say, I wanted Jonathan to be in the east with me, uh, father and the chaplain. son, chaplain. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Side. That's yeah. very cool, though. I like that. That's a neat idea. Yeah. So, what what is the what does the future hold for you in masonry? What do you see? Uh, what do you want to do? I mean, you know, one of the things we've talked about is there's a lot to do in masonry. What do you want to do? Can we back up just one step? Sure. I didn't join masonry to become a mason. I joined Masonry to get into Shrinedom. <laughs> really? Okay. When I became a Mason and saw what it had to offer, that's interesting. To me, I just absolutely loved it. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't go into Shrine. In my first year as a Shriner, I joined five different units, became the president of one. The year after, I was on the potentate staff. Um, and I am now president of two organizations there. Um, I've just started up another group um, there. So I, I'm very active over there. I'm also active in the Mesa City Band. Wow. I sing in the choir at church and play instruments at, at church. You have a job, you said, right? And I have a job, have a job. about between okay. 60 to 70 hours <laughs> um, of working. I, wow. Many times I'm working in the middle of the night. Um, um, so that, that makes it easier. Um, I just don't require a lot sleep, of sleep. Right? You're not a robot, right? They wonder sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> three, hour, three hours is what I need per night. Three hours? Yeah. You are a robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyhow, I didn't join Masonry because of it. It was a requirement to become a Shriner. Shriner right. And once I got in, I just fell in love with some of the stuff that's out there. How so much can turn on a single word that can be overlooked. Yep. And so even tonight when I'm here and I see how different people perform different things here, it's like, 
that's really cool. I want to take that home with me. You know, I want to take that back to my lodge. So in particular, when I was going through my second degree, there was a phrase that was used at the opening of a second degree um, that has to do with what is a square. Okay? And it's a fairly common phrase, but there's two parts to it. It's this or this. And the second part of it, everybody just jumps over because they got the answer that they needed out of the first thing. And I said, well, why did masonry include both of them if the first was sufficient and, you know, that you didn't have? Why is that second part in there? And so I started asking around. I started asking grandmasters. I started asking mentors. I started asking other people. And I came to figure out a meaning for it that was very influential to my life and how I, I look at things. And so I, I made that that word my license plate. Oh, I'm going to look at that when I leave here. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> so the word on my license plate, which everybody can see, so it's not any secret here, is fourth part. For T H P A R T. Right, right. When people see that in the outside world, they say, Oh, you're a bass singer. We know that you sing a lot, so you're the fourth part. There's a soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. That's the assumption they make. Yes. Oh, wow. They, they don't associate it with if the they didn't know, But now that I know you're a Mason, I would know what that means. But it's a Masonic license plate. Right. So, oh, okay. okay. You know, so another Mason, Mason will know. Should know, yes. That's cool. But, you know, I, you know, the week I became a Master Mason, I joined the shrine. Same week? The same week. Wow. I also, the, 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 that same week, I joined um, one of the groups, which was, uh, uh, it was a band. But that same week, I joined Scottish Rite. That was the year that they were doing all 32 degrees in a four-day setting. There's 100 people at that setting, wow. 109 people. And so I, you know, I went in there. The potentate that year was one of the people in there, and he got up in front of everybody else and said, everybody else needs to be like this guy. He jumped in all four, you know, all four legs and everything. As a matter of fact, he's performing tonight at our banquet for the Scottish Rite, the first week that I was a Mason and a... And joining the Scottish Rite, you're performing at that event for the band that you've just joined. Right. Right. So you have some pretty big shoes to fill, Jonathan. <laughs> um, well, he lives in my house, and right. so... It, if there's anybody that sees how much stuff that I do and I come and I pack everything in, he sees it and still doesn't believe it. I'm sorry. So, so tell me, so Jonathan, I want to throw that question out to you then again. So you're you're uh, pretty young in masonry. Um, even I'm young in masonry, which is kind of funny. But you're very young in masonry. What do you what do you want to do in masonry? What's what's the interest for you? What's what's exciting for you? What do you see in the future? Uh, like I said, right now I'm working on my first degree lecture. Uh, the the officer line at Scott, uh, Hunter's Paradise basically has it set up where they want to rotate the lectures through. They they don't want to stack like two people learning the same lecture back to back. Right. And the idea behind that is we're still a new lodge, and we want to be able to make sure our bases are covered. Uh, and so it just so happens that the master who's who just left the seat, so their baby past master. His lecture was the first degree lecture, which is why the junior warden, which is me, is learning the first degree lecture. Okay. So then you wrote, if you rotate it that way, then by the time you get up there, there'll be another guy ready to learn it. And right. That makes a lot of sense. But what about, uh, I guess, on a deeper level, what do you see um, that you want to get out of masonry? Honestly, I've made a ton of friends 
in, in the lodge. Uh, I can't even count the number of friends and people I've encountered that just have changed my life in so many different ways. Uh, I've even gotten some job offers uh, really? through, mm-hmm. through masonry just because they've seen uh, just a bit of background uh, for both of my lodges, Hunter's Paradise and Scottsdale, I actually created a mobile application that is accessible on Android and iOS Nice. that basically gives information about our lodges and tells you who our current officers are. It has our calendars on them. It has contact information. It's got stuff about the lodge itself. Um, I've gotten just many contacts just because of those things. Other Other lodges out of state have even contacted our secretary. They're like, so we saw your application in the Google Play Store, and we're, wonder, we're wondering how how you got that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So you're, you're, that's one of the things I think masonry needs is they need those guys that are young and techy and uh, know how to reach out to those different circles that maybe some of the older guys don't. You know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is for old people really, but so all the Facebook guys. It's so. funny that you mentioned that <clears throat> because a project that my dad and I've been working on with the Grand Lodge's approval is actually a ritual training uh, application for the computer. No, really? That would be awesome. So it's essentially a three-dimensional virtual lodge. We've actually talked about that in my lodge because unless you're, it, it's, it's hard to connect with guys. Like I've met guys from other lodges, and oh, let's practice together, but he's down in Gilbert, and I'm in Phoenix, and it's like, how do you? That's exactly what it's for. How That's do you exactly do that? Exactly what it's for. The idea is that you select what part you want to perform for which, which rule, which degree, and the level of help you even want. Um, my dad and I are very big on learning ritual, and so the Grand Lodge offers the old, old, old books, the which are the codified books. books. Right, I've got one. Yep. Okay, and so there's really not much that has changed in those books from the current, the current ritual, and so you can still use those books to train yourself. The That's ritual, right? If you know, if you know the information, the codified will make sense to you. If you don't, it won't help you at all. Right. So you're looking at a way to use that in a 3D virtual. No help, codified, Uh, or all help. Give you the the entire stuff. So it's all the all the parts. So if you want to say you're the senior deacon, you can skip to the next senior deacon part and say skip. That's really cool. When can I get this tomorrow? (laughs) It doesn't just skip to the senior deacon part. It actually cues up the part right before that, so you know the lead-in to the. That's what I want. I like to know the lead-in all the time. So, wow, that's really cool. Context. So now, are you guys? So two of the things that come to mind right away when you say this is first Scottish Rite VMAP. I've got my own. You can hold it. Um, Scottish Rite VMAP. I don't know if you're April first and second is Scottish Rite. Is there? Uh, they have people from the southern jurisdiction valley coming in to talk. Well, it, they have people coming in to talk about membership. VMAP is all about maintaining membership and what can we do to increase membership and increase the use of technology. Um, the same weekend that that's happening is the Grand Lodge's officers... Uh, Grand Lodge retreat. Grand Lodge retreat where they're going to be doing the same things. Okay, so you're speaking there. You're speaking about this? About education. About education, okay. So what's, what's, uh, what can you tell me about that? What can you share? You've got to come and see it. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to the Scottish Rite one. I couldn't do them both. <laughs> I know. It was painful yeah. that they were both on the same weekend. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, ha- so my life is all about prioritizations. I always have two to three things each and every night. Right. And so what I try to do is I spend some time there and then quick over go to the other one and see which ones I have to. So I will, even though I have three or four things on a given night, I will make three out of them. Wow. Now, obviously, with 
with Lodge, I can't do that. But right, right. with the other things that I do, like I'll have choir rehearsal on the same night as Mesa City Band rehearsal, and I talk to each of the conductors, and since I can cite me fairly well, they say, we're happy to have you for the first half. We're happy to have you for the second half of this other thing. So we work it out. So that's exciting. The things that we're talking about really can, you know, we're talking about sharing information and using technology to uh, increase opportunities for people. That that can work across all the organizations you're involved in, really. Right. Um, and that's where I think, like, kind of the exciting part of Masonry is today is we are at the we are at the perfect time to start connecting to people on a different level, you know, and, and the kind of thing you're doing is sounds phenomenal. I'm like, what, where are you with that? The, the step that we don't have yet is grading. Oh, yes. Somebody's so if you say, I want to learn the lecture, but I don't know how good I'm at it yet, right. or I want to learn a ritual part, we don't have the part in there that can do the speech to text and then compare the text against what's really supposed to be there and say, these were the words you missed. Mm. That would put it over the top. Right. Okay. That would be something that's you the thing that everybody everybody. asks when they see it the right. first time. They say, well, that's fantastic that I don't have to interact with people to start learning lecture because I just interact with this. When it comes up to my part, I, I click it and I say, okay, now it's my turn to talk. And then, then I go on to the next one and, and walk it right down around the room. An interesting twist on that would be in that virtual environment if you could connect different people to those parts alive. That's way way down the road. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just thinking. So we actually had that same thought, and that was actually brought up to me by uh, Wishful Master Scott Tracy. He had informed me that there's a lodge in Texas that actually created a virtual lodge where members of their lodge room could attend lodge because they had a, a webcam. And so they could attend lodge nice. from home. And that got me thinking about, well, what would an actual virtual lodge look like? Right. Where you could have people as avatars sitting on the sidelines in a lodge room. Uh, that's that's way far off from <laughs> where the project's going or at. And the reason behind Probably that... Probably not if you went in one of those virtual worlds. The reason behind that is actually because of the Grand Lodge. I have brought up at multiple, um, what do you call them, the Grand Lodge um, town halls. Uh-huh. I've brought up the fact that that's a possibility, even, and they're always concerned about security. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand that it's actually fairly simple to make a secure platform nowadays. They, they hear reports all the time about stuff getting hacked and whatnot. Their concern is that it would be too vulnerable right. and that the secrets of masonry would be exposed. So I really didn't expect a lot of this stuff that we're talking about when I asked about what do you guys see in the future? I'm like, this is this is cool stuff. This is this is the <laughs> stuff that know. keeps me this is the stuff that keeps my head spinning at night. When you talk about what gets you excited, I start thinking about I see masonry as at a perfect time for for people who are searching for deeper meaning and the and the world is so spread out and disconnected and disjointed that this Mason really Mason really offers you everything, but we've got to connect to the tools like you're trying to do, Jonathan. We've got to get those those apps and those pieces going, and then, boom, everybody's going to want it. So That's you asked before what the current progress on the project is. Uh-huh. I can tell you that we've loaded it up with all three ritual degrees, and all the parts are assigned. Uh, you can actually fully functional click on a part, have all the words displayed on the screen, be able to skip back and forth, 
move through the lectures and all, and everything. Just not the grading part. Correct. The grading part's not in there. So even though the grading's not there, it's a great practice tool. Absolutely. You know, it's a great, so great tool. Additionally, we've identified the spots in the lodge that you would be sitting at or or even looking from. And so it is a, it is a 3D lodge room that I created. And so if you're selecting the master, it puts you in the master's seat. So you see the lodge from that Additionally, when you're going around, like in the opening, you're looking at the junior warden, uh, you're looking at the junior warden, you're looking at the senior warden, you're looking at the senior deacon, and it actually changes. Yeah, the, 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 camera, the camera will wow. move to, to those locations. That's cool. And so if you're at those locations, looking at the master, you see him turning his head those directions. So that's cool that the two of you uh, are kind of working on this project together. I see that you guys, you guys could do a lot of really cool stuff in the next five, ten years. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm glad you're in Arizona. <laughs> don't leave. Don't go to California or anything. <laughs> I would think all the techies in California would have all this stuff down already, but I don't know. And it's important to note that, yes, obviously this this application was put together using the Arizona ritual. Right, right. Uh, we got, like I said, the approval from Grand Lodge this the past... The Grand Lecturer. The Grand Lecturer. John even. Nichols? Yes. Yes. We've interviewed John. I love John. Well, I mean, we talked to the Grand Master even, too. Right. I talked to all the Grand Line people. I presented this to them at the last year's leadership conference and Sweet. As, as a prototype. And so there's a part of the legislation, okay, the statutes, sorry, part of the statute says, says you cannot reproduce right. the ritual without permission, defense, yeah, yeah. without permission of the grand lecturer. Okay. So when the oh. grand lecturer gave me permission to work on it, we were good. I love that this is all connected because we interviewed John. John was a great interview. I love that this is all connecting. I'm thrilled. <laughs> So, okay, we can keep going on forever. Um, any, anything else, and I'll, I'll go as long as you guys will talk. Um, anything else Careful. you can think of that you want to talk about or share? Any other projects you got going on? Um, Masonically. Masonic uh, projects. You know, one thing I want to mention, because this is only on audio, so tonight uh, it's St. Patrick's Day, yep. and you guys wore your kilts, and apparently that's a tradition here. Tell me about that. Well, the tradition is the corned beef and cabbage. Um, one of the past masters always baked up this thing, Mrs. Madden's uh, corned beef, and he's passed away. Oh. And, but he passed on the recipe to two of the, the current uh, past masters. Nice. And so it lives. Now, I, as the worshipful master, said St. Patrick's Day is on our lodge night, so I'm inviting all people that want to wear kilts to lodge that they can wear them because I will be wearing one and and you saw there was a bunch of others a that lot. Were there was a dozen guys there in kilts that yeah was pretty cool um, two years ago the master made everybody leave the lodge room at, at opening that was wearing a kilt Ooh. and he said you guys are not allowed in my lodge well it was most of his officers, so he couldn't actually open lodge without us, and so he brought us back in. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he did it just kind of as a... To mess with you? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but, you know, it, it's fun. It's tradition. I mean, I like that. That's one of the things I like about masonry is there's a lot of fun play and stuff like that, and you can be creative and just do fun little stuff like that, and that's one of the things I like about it. There's always a chance to do something different and, and unique. Jonathan? And we're, we're big into... Weapons. Right. This is Arizona. Oh, yeah. So you've got, you've got the shootout, shootout coming up. On April 30th. Um, we have one of our 
Um, Brothers is a certified range officer, um, and we've got a guy that owns a gun shop, um, and he's going to bring the ammo. The certified range officer is going to be able to let us have the range all by ourselves, so we don't have to have people from Ben Avery monitoring us. We've got our own so range ben, officer. Ben Avery, the 30th, it's Scottsdale. Uh, oh, the area that we'll be working at. Yeah. The area we'll be working at. We don't need to have other people there. The range officers, yeah. you got your own. Got our own. So, I mean, we've got a, de- a depth of different resources and, and the abilities and stuff uh, uh, out there as brothers, so things like that can happen. Um, guys like uh, shooting stuff up. It's Arizona. Especially in Arizona. We like our guns. <laughs> yeah. Um, was there something else you were going to say, John? Or, um, um, there's Masonic education coming up uh, at the end of the month, at, uh, a very esoteric topic. Um, it's the perfect points of entrance, a Kabbalistic approach. Interpretation, excuse me. Kabbalistic interpretation. And so he's going to allow EAs, fellow crafts, and... Is this your... You mentioned the guy from Utah? Yeah. Okay. Somebody from from another state, which is, again, another cool part of masonry, another state, another lodge in another state coming here to do education. Yep. That's pretty neat. Yep, we worked it out. Um, Well, how it came about is one of the guys that was going through the degrees was on the Internet, and he contacted somebody, and this guy started answering questions, and they, they... built up a friendship and they kept That's the friendship cool. going and stuff, you know, and, um, and so he, he said, uh, oh, I know you're going around to different parts. Would you mind coming to our place? And he says, yeah, I'd be happy to. And he just, he does it uh, based on, uh, on his own nickel. He, he comes down here, hands off the stuff, writes up the paper specifically for us. Oh, that's cool. That's There's cool. another guy, uh, one of the guys that got raised tonight. Okay. Um, he, uh, he had a specific project that was set up for, our sign up front on uh, facing Scottsdale Boulevard. The sun had deteriorated the little daylights out of it and started falling apart and stuff. So he befriended somebody in California. And that person made us a stainless steel square and compass that just got put up last week. And no charge. Well, love, love talking with you guys. One of the things I love about your building, just one on that topic, is the illuminated... Oh, the stars, yeah. On the, the stars no, not, no, not on the side. No, I'm talking about the roof. I'm talking about the illuminated compass on the Oh, yeah, on the stack. Blue. Yeah. yeah, on its own stack. That the first time I ever came here, I got a picture of that, and it's one of the coolest pictures I've got. I mean, it's just, it's just very... It's, it's backlit. And, yeah, and it's backlit. It's just very cool. Yeah. yeah, it's just very neat. I like it a lot. Yeah, I didn't want to give away anything inside. I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The, the canopy, everybody, uh, and everybody sees our our inside of our lodge. We've got twinkling stars, and it's painted like clouds and and dark colors and stuff. And and then we have fiber optics that that uh, uh, make the stars twinkle. I remember the first time fiber optics coming down through the what do you call the ceiling tiles? The ceiling yeah. tiles. It and it looks just natural. It's just like it looks like it was built that way. And it's like I don't know what you guys did to make it happen, but it looks just totally normal. <laughs> Another brother with um, uh, skill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You take advantage of them. You 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 find out what those skills are and, and utilize them. Right. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts? Um, I love masonry. I love the shrine. Love all the stuff that I'm doing. Um, I can tell by the big smile on your face. <laughs> well, I, I'm not tired. I do all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, almost midnight. He's not tired. It's almost midnight. I don't know. You had three hours of sleep last night. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was a long night. Jonathan, um, I'm, I'm going to lose Jonathan. Jonathan, 
can you can you keep up with your dad? Are you are you as excited as he is usually? Um, I take masonry at my own pace. I'm not a Shriner. I'm not in the Scottish Rite. I technically am involved in the York Rite. I just recently uh, at Hunter's Paradise they hosted a Mark Master degree, uh, and so all of the officers at Hunter's Paradise were encouraged to attend, as well as any of our members or or other Masons, even in general. And so I did end up going through the Mark Master degree. It was put on free of charge by them. Uh, you can be a Mark Master for as long as you want. I found it to be very interesting. I just haven't I haven't done anything outside of Blue Lodge. I have my two lodges, Scottsdale and Hunter's Paradise, and that's kind of what I do with my time devoted to Masonry. There's different ways. You know, one of the things John Amadon said at Scottish Rite, he said when he first got into Masonry, he promised himself he was going to go through Blue Lodge before he got involved in anything else. And I've heard a lot of guys say that, and it's easier said than done. Some guys will do it. They'll do Blue Lodge. You go through the line. You do whatever you do, thing, and boom. And then five, ten years later, boom, they start doing everything else. Then there's guys like your dad who get in and just jump in and do everything, and they jump in with both feet. <laughs> Well, the, the I'm not sure which one I am yet. He either. still hasn't even told you everything that he does. I, like I, he's involved with the Q, and he's involved with, with uh, Quetzalcoatl. It's a, it's a shrine organization. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so we can get back to Blue Lodge and Scottish Rite if you like. Uh, <laughs> I'm the director of the 21st degree. Oh, okay. Of the Prussian Knights. Um, I'm also a member of KSA Knights of St Andrew, oh. and I'm also a member of the 27th degree. Um, so I'm also a member on the Scottish Rite Players, um, and um, for, so the ones that put on Rose Upon the Altar. Yep. Um, the Wasn't there one in Sun City just, uh, is it this weekend or was it last weekend or something? No, not, not that one. It's a different... It's oh, a different oh, that's Rose Croy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's Rose Croy. Yep. Um, but uh, we, we just did, um, in the beginning of March, we did uh, Rose Upon the Altar, yep. um, and it's a Carl Cotty play, and our chaplain for that play was a real chaplain. He happened to be a, um, a member of Scottsdale Lodge and he was a past master here. And so he was a real reverend, a past master, and he was on that play playing the chaplain. Um, and he just passed away. Aww. So he's the one that we're gonna be going to the memorial service with uh, on April 9th. Um, everybody knew him as Bucky, it Bucky. was James Riggins. Bucky Riggins, yeah. yeah. Right. I took over his part. Aww. So I now have the chaplain's part on there. I went out and got myself a, a collar <laughs> and everything, just so I could you know, play it realistically. And um, so they'll be doing that uh, play here in uh, April, no, May. So um, I'm part of that, um, and I enjoy that a lot and stuff. So. Um, yeah, and and I know somebody told me this. So Scottish Rite, when I went to Scottish Rite, we we broke it up into two sections. We came in one weekend, and then a couple months later, we came in to do the other half. Right now, from what I understand, they're going to do all the degrees in those two sections starting this year. I think it is. Think like this year. Um. So this the spring session that's come, that's that they're doing right now is just going to be the 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 mandatory the obligatory okay. degrees. Okay. Okay, and then they're going to fill in some of the other ones later on. So, so next particular, year they're going to do everything? It could be, okay. because I know that the 21st degree will not, will not be happening until the fall. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, the 21st degree is a, is a one that Scottsdale actually kind of is always owned. Um, it's a fairly large cast. Um, uh, let's see, 15 people in the cast. Um, so Scottsdale is a large lodge, so they, it's natural that they take on that one. And they actually do a, a couple other ones that, that there's different directors and stuff, but yeah. I actually was in, my Scottish art class was with your junior deacon, Brad, 
um, and we both sit in the junior deacon seat now, so that's kind of neat. Oh, know? that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was kind of cool when I saw he was junior deacon. So, <laughs> um, I'll ask again. Any, any closing thoughts? Any anything else you want to say? I'm still stuck on the Star Wars thing. That's the coolest thing I've heard all day. So, that's pretty cool. I would have died to have Star Wars music at my uh, initiation. That would have been great. Played by your dad. Yeah, like I said, it was it was just amazing to me to even have that experience because I'd gone to the first two degrees and there wasn't anything Star Wars about them at all. And so, like Dad said, the Leia theme, I picked up on it immediately. Immediately, there were, I think there was maybe one other person in the lodge room who knew what it was, like right off the bat, knew what it was. <laughs> and well, did uh, that coordinate with the release of the movies? No, it didn't coordinate with no, the new okay. Star Wars movie. No, yeah. that was that was this year. Okay. But like I said, Star Wars is big in our family. My daughter's named after a Star Wars character. Who? Jaina. Jaina? She's uh, in the Expanded Universe books. She's the, the twin book. daughter of Han Solo and Leia. Twin daughter of Han Solo yeah, and Leia. Yeah, she, she has a twin brother named Jason. Mm. And then they have another sibling named Anakin. So those are the three children of Han and Leia. Wouldn't it be cool if we could do an entire degree dressed as Star Wars characters? Everybody? No. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm telling you, Darth so, Vader in the East, is that wrong? I don't so, know. Are you aware of the 501st? Do you know who yeah, they I, are? I know a guy, a guy I went to college with is in the 501st in New Mexico. We did a walk for SMA in uh September and a couple of the guys from the 501st were there so yeah I know who the 501st is. So I'm working on my first ever submission for the 501st. I'm putting together a costume for Kylo Ren. Ooh. Yeah. I was I was heavily influenced by The Force Awakens when it came out and I really liked his appearance. I really liked just everything about him. I know a lot of people thought he was kind of emo and and young, but I saw. Well, but, but when I think about you and related to your dad, so that would make your dad Darth Vader, right? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Han Solo. Solo. Han Solo. Yeah, oh, that's right. But, okay. uh, let's not do any spoilers here. I mean, I'm sorry. Everybody, 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 and their mother should have seen Star Wars by now. Yeah, of course. By the time this comes right. out. But uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> oh my gosh. No, That's pretty cool. That would be grandfather would be. I could see, you know, uh stormtroopers, the Tyler. I mean, I'm just saying, I got it all figured out in my so, head. I actually thought about this a long time ago when I saw the the lucite that they use over at Prometheus. Prometheus. Yep. Uh I've been told there's been occasions where they actually do light up the lucite. Oh yeah. And uh, it up. and so our what is it? Junior senior steward? Senior steward. Yeah, our senior steward Matt Hartzell is the org, uh not organist, musician. but musician over at Prometheus. Oh, okay. And so he he tells us a lot about the goings on there. And they, they yeah. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, I saw him. I was just there a couple weeks. I interviewed Cosmo there, and I'm going to oh, go interview Nick hopefully this weekend. So Yeah, so he plays the guitar for them over yeah, there. I heard the guitar. I heard uh, the guitar. He is young. He's, he's very young. He's he very he was young. at Demolay yeah. and became a Mason here at Scottsdale. Yes, and he's, he was he's going through that ritual like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, he's now a master lecturer for yeah. all three degrees. Yep. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm massively impressed, too. Believe it or not, he was on my uh, sideliners team, but he wasn't the guy that performed the ritual, the lecture. Oh, really? Yeah, he was my senior deacon. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, the cool thing I think about is when I start, one of the things I like about doing these interviews is I'm going, I'm meeting all these guys, and then all of a sudden you talk, and then you realize this guy knows that guy, and that guy knows this guy, and it just never ends. It's kind of cool. Yeah, just the other day, we encountered a mason that we both recognized him, and we were like, huh, I'm pretty sure we've seen him before. 
It turns out he's a mason over at Prometheus, is, right. isn't that correct? Oh. Yeah. And he's actually uh, a fellow craft, oh, so he's, he's cool. re- really new. But we just we we both saw him. He saw us. He's like, I think I know those guys. Like, we, we, we all we all felt the same way. And, out of out of context. And then start talking. Oh yes, okay, that yeah. right exactly out of context. You don't think about where do I know that? I know that guy from somewhere. That's kind of cool. Sorry, I'm not done yet. Go keep talking. Um, so um, in like four minutes, it'll be the longest interview I've had yet. So that won't be hard. <laughs> Um, at Prometheus, what I did last year, on um, uh, Cosmo and I put on this thing called the Rose Festival. He brought it over from Italy, and it was in Italian. And so then he ran it through a translator program that didn't do such a great job of, <laughs> of applying it to English. Um, so he asked me to uh, make it more discernible. It was, it was in Cosmo English at the time. Uh, and you're laughing because you know what that means. Anyhow. Um, so I, we have a great story of him about uh, being in Italy. and He, 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 so he brought this Rose Festival back because he, you know, he befriended a lodge over there and stuff. Anyhow, it's, it's a festival that goes on at the same time as St. John the Baptist. Okay? Uh, birthday. So as part of that Rose Festival last year, I put on a lecture about St. John the Baptist. And cool. I dressed as St. John the Baptist. I don't know what that would look like, but okay. <laughs> think think about like monk's robes and the long, guy long from black Robin Hood like who drinks all the beer. Yeah, maybe? like fire talk. Yeah. Fire talk. Okay, so think, think those. those <laughs> okay, I got okay, it. Okay, picture a wig about that long with, with black hair. Um, <laughs> okay. So you get the idea. I got it now. Um, so I, I do stuff like that. Okay. Um, cool. Put on things like that. Um, surprise, surprise. Oh yeah, I'm in the shrine. I'm also in the ritual team. The mm-hmm. the. Uh, um, are you a are you a, a re, re, reenactor? What do they call it? The Society of Creative Anachronism? No, he's not involved in SCA. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, let me let me finish. You. Okay. So I'm looking we'll at this a little bit. <laughs> we have a program here called Friend a Friend. Okay, and it's designed for bringing in new prospective candidates that want to become a Mason. We have a program that we have that when we're in here at Lodge, we have a past master or somebody that enjoys doing it, going out and explaining what masonry is all about. They have to stop when they ask questions at a certain point because they can't answer those questions right. without giving away secrets. So, much, yep. so I created a program called Roundtable where we talk about things like the extension from there, but we don't stop. We don't have to stop because it's only meant for Master Masons. Right. One of the first topics was the cable toe. And as a teaser, I said, you know that thing that businessmen wear all the time? Is that a cable toe? Interesting. And all the implications of cable toe that go along with that. I think it's funny you said that right after I just loosened my tie. Nobody knows I just loosened my tie as you were talking. That's but they could hear it on your microphone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. They probably could. Um, <laughs> so that's just one of the things. And the topics are seem like mundane topics. Okay, balloting. We spent over three hours the last time we had a roundtable discussion on ballots, balloting, and what it all means. And people that thought it was going to be the dullest topic in the world thoroughly enjoyed the interaction stuff. Um, one of the, the, the biggest ones that I enjoyed was dissecting the graveside prayer. Hmm. What does it mean? Because it sounds like it's just a bunch of words scrambled together. 
Well, what I always find fascinating is that how some of that stuff has made its way into society. And the thing I always think of is the term blackball. And mm, blackball yeah. is a term that came from masonry. When I found that out, and I didn't find that out that long ago, I was hooked. I was like, that's it. I got to know everything there is to know about masonry because I thought that was fascinating that that came from masonry. So the concept of this roundtable discussion is whoever's the leader of it goes out and does a little bit of research, okay, to seed thoughts and get, get topics moving. But once you get topics moving, there's people that know a different aspect to it just from their own experiences, and that's what they bring to the table and the roundtable cool. discussion. It's not a lecture. It's a discussion. Okay? So, Jonathan, I'll turn it back to you. We've, we've, before he goes, we've talked about doing, no, you can keep it. Keep my phone. We just talked about doing something like that on tape like this, doing a roundtable and taping something like that, but something that everybody could listen to that's more maybe just about masonry in general. What's the draw in a, instead of an interview format like this, like a roundtable? We'll see what happens in the future. Go ahead. So one of the last things I kind of wanted to say is earlier we talked about, you know, how masonry has brought my dad and I closer together. We, we still watch a lot of TV together, and we, we now have the ability to see something on a TV show, look at each other, and be like, hmm, that really seems like it has some kind of Masonic influence. <laughs> no, use the word. From our ritual. Okay, go listen cool. to the interview I did with a guy from... Uh, Paradise Valley Silver Trowel, who starts talking about Masonic, an episode of The Walking Dead that is Masonic. He talks about it in the interview. Yeah, and we we, we talked about things like Tombstone, the movie, the movie mm-hmm. Tombstone. Okay. Uh, we've talked about uh, the Once and Future King. Most everyone knows Once and Future King. Um, there's this other completely random ones where we saw someone wearing a Masonic ring in a TV show. That you and never noticed before. We, we, we have, you know, almost everyone has a DVR nowadays. We can go back, rewind, and pause it right on the spot and be like, oh, yeah, we can totally see it. Um, we've, seen, we've seen people wearing pendants, uh, square and compass pendants. We've seen all kinds of stuff. We'll see stuff like Solomon and Hiram. Shut up. I've never even looked at that. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you look for things that are in our ritual and they'll just drop it in like a name or something like that. And that, that's too random. You, it can't be. I'm one of those guys who stays at the end and watches the oh, credits absolutely. anyway. Yeah. So now I'm going to be looking. I never thought to look for that, but now I'm going to be looking. <laughs> You'll see it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are officially now the longest interview I've had. Congratulations. Um, um, we could talk forever and ever about what what things <laughs> we enjoy so much. So this this is the cool part about you know when people we just interviewed uh, um, Terry Terry Kelly Terry Kelly right before and one of the things he was saying was when you come into masonry the cool thing is there's there's a hundred different things you can do there's some if whatever you want to do there's another guy doing it and that's kind of the cool thing that masonry has to offer from outside of the esoteric part outside of the you know conspiracy secret society kind of thing there's just the fraternal there's a bunch of guys doing a bunch of different stuff that you're probably like you said Jonathan you made a lot of friends there's a lot of guys doing different stuff and that's kind of the one of the things I really like about it you know it's one of the draws that it has for me not, cool. not that it's my interview, it's your interview. But <laughs> There's one more thing I want to say, and that's just about the, the random connections you make. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm a game developer by trade, and I'm technically between game development jobs right now. I'm, I'm doing apps and websites and stuff like that as a contract basis, 
but I, I got recently contacted by a headhunter to do a job in Atlanta. And I'm not in a position right now where I want to work on site in Atlanta. Like if it was a remote job, it'd be a different thing. But anyway, at the bottom of his email, I noticed that he had stated that he was a 32nd degree master mason. And so rather than talking to him about the potential job offer in Atlanta, <laughs> I, started, I started opening up conversation with him about masonry. Did, did he know you, you were a mason when he contacted you? He did not. Oh. <laughs> and so he was really thrown off by it when, when my email had nothing to do with the job offer. And he's like, you're a mason too? And, <laughs> and so we've probably had about 15 different email exchanges now back and forth just talking about our experiences in masonry. And he's quite the interesting feller. Uh, apparently where he's from is way different than Arizona. To sit, he's, he was the master in the previous year of his lodge. This year he's sitting as a senior warden, and he's going to be the master again next year. Wow. Um, they are not required there to open, close, and obligate any degrees or know a lecture to be master qualified. Wow. And so when I was explaining to him how many things I'd already gone through just to become junior warden qualified as well as my previous experience, he's just like... That's so crazy. Like he couldn't even comprehend that that's something that they do because they have older gentlemen in his lodge that just perform the ritual for them on an as-needed basis. Must be nice. <laughs> and so, like I said, it just happens so that where he's at, that's the way they do it. And I thought that was so bizarre because it's like, how could you ever guarantee that things get done? I mean, I understand why we do it in Arizona, that to guarantee proficiency going through and making sure that your lodge can stay alive and 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 cover all the spaces, yeah, like I said, yeah. like what we're doing at Hunters, where we, we're purposely making sure certain people are learning certain lectures. You know, it blows my mind that there's lodges out there that you don't even have to learn open, close, obligate on any degree or a lecture and still be able to sit in the East. So I'm not going to ask you guys again if you have anything else to add because <laughs> you will. So I'm going to close this interview by telling okay. you a story that connects to what you just said about random connections. I went to Lodge one night um, I was working for a company in, in Tempe, and I worked with people in all different states, kind of like you did, Bob, Texas, uh, New Jersey, New York, and I was particularly working with uh, somebody in Texas, a manager, and uh, uh, I walk into my lodge, and I'm sitting there one night, and I'm sitting at my computer doing something, I'm getting ready, and I look up, and there comes this manager walking in the door, and I'm like, I thought he was there looking for me because I knew he was coming to town. I was like, like, did I miss a meeting? Like, was I supposed to be doing something? And I look at him and I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm a Mason. He's like, well, so am I. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, I was in town. I was visiting a lot. <laughs> so no idea out of the blue. That was, that was really cool for me. That was like, that's it. And I was probably two years in at that point. So I was like, this is it. This, I'm hooked. So, on that note, thank you, gentlemen, very much for, for talking with me sure. tonight. Thank and uh, uh, good luck on the, the game development and uh, or the, the ritual development. Keep me posted. Thank you.